Blessings. This is Pastor Walter and Maribel Arias welcoming you to the podcast of God of Covenants Christian Center. We hope this time is a blessing for you. Make sure you subscribe to get new messages every week. Enjoy the message and embrace what the Lord has for you. This week's message, titled What You Choose Is Your Decision, written by Pastora Marjorie Osorio. There are difficult moments in our life, moments of making transcendent and decisive decisions, because according to the decisions that we make, our life, family, employment, and even our eternity may depend on it. Let's learn more by listening to the message. And may God bless you. Now, I invite you to please let us bow our heads and let us put this time before the Lord. That is very important. A time that is of the Word of God. Blessed King, we give you thanks in this morning, Lord of Heaven, for being within our midst, Lord. Thank you, Father, for your children that have made themselves available to come here and worship and praise you and to listen to your word. I ask you in the mighty name of Jesus that you prepare their hearts, Lord, to receive the word, Lord, according to their needs, God. And today, beloved King, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you anoint my lips, that every word that comes out of me will be by through your Holy Spirit to edify and exhortation and consolation. And today... Your word, Lord, is always revealed to our hearts to put it into practice. And today I ask in the name of Jesus that it be treasured, Lord. Open our spiritual ears, beloved King, in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Well, family, so then I tell you, this word placed it in my heart after a while back and in which I meditated a lot, a lot. And it's because we always have difficult moments in our lives, moments where we need to make decisions that are radical and transcendental. And that decision that we take or make depends not on my own life, how I live here on earth, but also my eternal life. And also with it, with those decisions, my family depends on as well. So then the decisions that we need to be very clear in which way we're going to take them. And each and every one of us, God has given us the power of choosing, of making decisions. God loves us greatly and he loves us in a way that is unconditional but he is a gentleman he will never obligate us to do anything that we don't want to do God even in the love that he has for us and that he wants the best for us does not obligate us to make decisions that he wants us to take or make and that's why it's what's called the free will Now, the free will is a word that you will not find written explicitly there in the Word of God, but but it is intrinsically found. The word or phrase free will is there intrinsically in some texts. And that power of choice or power of decision is what makes us to have that free will. That's why, what did he do? He dedicated to having this beautiful manual of life so that we can make our decisions by it. 
for the critical moments of decisions. For this is what this manual of life is here. And that's why he left it for us. But in the end, it's I that is in charge of making and taking those decisions. He is not going to obligate us. And there's something, there's a truth that we're living. And tell me if it's not this way. We're living in times that are very difficult, spiritually speaking. We're living in times where the enemy literally has lifted up in front of us and of our children. We're living times that are very difficult where we, the children of God, have made and taken the gospel very lightly. We're taking the gospel that is very light, where many choose, what word do I apply or not apply? What word is for me or what word is for the rest of the people? We're living times that are so difficult that at times we simply come every once in a while to the church to make our conscience be at ease. And we're deceiving ourselves, thinking that we're following the Lord. We're living difficult times, spiritually speaking, because many of us, we can come every Sunday and even be excellent servants. But as my brother, brother Robert says, as the Word of God says, you honor me from my, your lips, but your heart is far from me. Even though we come here every Sunday and we serve maybe with a lot of excellency and with a lot of joy and happiness, but you know what? From Monday to Saturday, what type of relationship do we have with our Lord? What type of intimacy do we have with our Lord? What way am I feeding my spirit? So that it helps me in those critical moments of decisions. That is why today. The topic has as a title. What you choose is your decision. What you choose is your decision. I invite you, my brothers and sisters, that we make a stop. In this moment, and we meditate, let us meditate on how we, how we are living the gospel in this day. How we have chosen to live the word of God in this day. How we have chosen to live our life here on this earth. That what I do here on the earth has then repercussions for my eternal life. Let us make a stop and let us meditate on how we are living it. Many times we think that we're living it correctly. But if we read the manual of life, we then notice that that we have things that can get better. And this is the opportunity to listen and to make that stop and to meditate and to better ourselves for the Lord that brings the effect for my life here on this earth, but also in our eternity. That is why the Lord has made and left us something in His Word written, very beautiful, and it's a teaching for us. <clears throat> and let us open our Bibles, please, in Deuteronomy 30. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. And this is one of the texts that speaks of free will. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. 
And if you join me, we will read it together. On the count of three. One, two, three. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you. That I have set before you life and death. Blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life. That both you and your descendants may live. It's, this impacts me that it's not only for us, but also because on us it depends. My children, the children of my children, all a generation family. If I learn to choose correctly, if I learn to choose well, then my children will choose well. How can I say I, I'm placing... <clears throat> A path in my generation to my descendants to follow. But that depends on who? Say me. It depends on me. Say me. The word of God says there that I have put life and death before you. Look. If they, in physical life, they put a gun to you and you say life or death, what would you say? You'll say life, right? No one's going to say that they want you to shoot you in the head. No. But in the spiritual sphere, we... We maintain ourselves with a weapon in our head in the spiritual sense that's always there. Life or death. Or life or death. And we many times we act and we respond and we do things without meditating. If it's life or death. And we do it simply just by our own instinct, by our own nature that is so sinful. We do it simply in our way of being. But we don't stop to think, what are we choosing in a determined moment where I have to choose between life or death? When here it speaks of life, they're speaking to you of the life, the abundant life that Jesus offers me. That abundant life is not materialistic. That abundant life is, is a life emotionally abundant spiritually abundant abundantly in family a life that is matrimonial abundant a life that's financially abundant but it's also speaking of the eternal life how I live on this earth determines my eternity it's true that we confess Jesus as our Lord and Savior but it's also true that with fear and trembling, I should take care of my salvation. And what I do here on this earth, then determines my eternity. And when I speak of death, or the Bible speaks of death, it speaks of a spiritual death, of a family death, of an emotional death, of an eternal death. But that one, the Lord put it as for a long time now. It's been a long time, only that we are the ones that have to make a decision. And look, it says there that he puts life and death, blessing and cursing. And he says, therefore, choose. He's still saying what you should choose. He says, therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. But in verse 20 of that same chapter, it says to us, how is to choose that life? How I can choose that life? And it says that you may love the Lord your God, verse 20, the first part of that verse, that you may love the Lord your God 
that you may obey his voice and that you may cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your days. Three simple steps, but very difficult for us in the moment of making that decision. But you know what this has to do with? With priorities. Choosing life that Jesus offers us has to do with our priorities. Because many times our priorities are mistaken or out of order, as I like to say. And it says there, to choose life how? Loving the Lord your God. That's the first point. Loving the Lord your God. Many of us say we love God. And I'm not putting it in doubt. We love him. But maybe we don't love him in the correct way. As he has it written in his word. Look, family. Love is a decision. And love, the word, is talk is cheap. And love is shown with acts. Actions speak louder than words. When I say to my husband or wife, I love you. I believe that his heart jumps. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> but that can't be there. That can't be left there. I have to demonstrate to my wife that I love her. Attending, pampering, speaking with her, having a relationship with her, and taking care of her and protecting her. When she says to me, I love you, my heart jumps. And you know that when you do that to the ladies, their hearts jump as well. But I say something. The fact that she says to me, I love you, it's not enough there. Are we in agreement with that? That is not enough. He has to show me with acts. Love is shown with actions. So then... So he should get ready to have a time of quality time with me, to relate with me, to converse with me, to take care of me, to pamper me, to embrace me, to kiss me. That's the same way with our Lord, with our God. I love him, but I don't show him. You honor me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. To love God. Matthew chapter 22, verse 37, sorry, verse 37 to 38 shows us. And if we read it, what does it say? Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your, underline all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. So did you stop when you read this text? What does that word all mean? That word all implies all, everything, without reserve or reservation, with passion, with a total surrender, not partial, not a partial surrender. It's a total surrender and radical for my Lord. And look, family, when it's speaking that that you will love him with all your heart. It speaks of a total decision for him, a radical decision for my Lord. But many of us are loving two lords. We love God in one way, but then in a little while later, we love the enemy or we love what the world offers us. 
And we cannot love two lords. We need to have a total surrender and a radical surrender to my Lord. That total surrender is without measure. And without waiting for anything in return. It's without wanting anything in return. It's to do it delightfully. With compassion, with love, with grace. And you should say, how do you do that? But remember that Jesus died for you on the cross. There's not a greater sacrifice than that. To return that gratefulness to my Lord with all my heart to choose Him and not to choose Him halfway, but to choose Him totally, totally. To love Him with the soul, it says, with all your soul. When we speak of the soul, we're speaking of what? Of your emotions, right? Because in your soul is where your emotions and the will exist. And we love God many times according to our own emotions. If I'm fine, then I praise Him. If I'm fine, I seek Him. If He responded a yes that I was hoping for, then now yes with everything. But what about when He tells us no? Or wait? Many times we're emotionally affected because of a situation and the first thing that we do is we stop praying. We stop looking for His face. We stop stop reading the Word. We surrender the ministries because, oh, it's, I'm so bad. But precisely, if you're bad, it's when you most need to pray, to praise Him and to seek Him and to surrender yourself to Him when we're emotionally damaged. That is what He is there. So He can extend His hands to lift you up. If you're in a wilderness, then He is the living water. If you're in darkness, He is the light that shines in your life. If you're sad, He is your comfort. If you're tribulated, He is your strong rock. What does the word say? It's a lack of understanding, family, what God is for every one of us because the word it's written, who He is in my life. And because I understand who he is in my life, then the emotions are not going to be able to, to gain or win that battle. Because those emotions every day, we're going to have those. Because we are human beings. And we have our lives where we have situations many times that are sad, happy, frustrating ones of happiness, of celebration, others of crying. But God continues being God in the midst of all of that. And we have to love Him with all your soul or with all of our emotions. It doesn't matter how we are. It's to love Him simply because He is God. Simply because He is God. Not because what He gives me or not because of the response that I've wanted. There's moments that are sad. There's moments that are difficult. There's moments that are critical. But that's why he's there. Can you imagine if Jesus, can you believe Jesus didn't have emotions? That Jesus, when he went to the cross, and the way they humbled him or humiliated him or mistreated him, 
and thinking of the separation that he was going to have with the father. You think that, that he wasn't emotionally damaged? Because remember, he was a human being like you and I. He didn't have superhero powers. He was a human being as you and I. And how much his emotions have been. But you know what took him to fulfill on that cross? The love that he has for you and for me. The love that he has for you and for me took him to overcome his emotions, to go to that cross. Because it was a commandment that he had. But it was an unconditional love that he has for us. And we, what is the love for him? If we allow ourselves to be moved by our emotions. You don't know when you're emotionally damaged and you're serving the Lord. It's almost like if they injected something special. When you are emotionally bad. Of those that you don't even want to lift up your hands. You don't want to walk. You don't want to do nothing. To serving God. It's almost like a special injection in the spirit that lifts you up. And lets you see the situations differently. Loving him with all your mind. Loving him with your mind. We're speaking there. Of. The faith in Jesus Christ. Of a faith that is special in Jesus. To love him with all your mind. Is not to question. Not to ask. Not to look at it logically. Because in Christ. We're going to die finding the logic. So don't look at logically. Live the word. Live the word. Live the word. Don't look at it logically because you're not going to find it. So faith placed in Jesus is to love him with all your mind. The faith placed on Jesus is what makes us that we are not questioning then. Oh, why me? Oh, why this? Oh, why that? Oh, why and why and why? No. Delight yourself in loving him with all the faith. No matter what may happen, simply just have faith placed in Jesus Christ. Faith in Jesus Christ, not on a man or a person. Don't put faith in your leaders. Don't put faith in your pastors because we're human beings. It's the faith placed in Jesus. Loving him with all your mind is to not question him. Is not, not to reason or try to reason. It's simply to accept the will of God. That is loving him with all your mind. And my family, so here, the only one that can decide how to love him is you. Or we love him half-hearted, half with our mind, half with our soul, or we love him with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This has to do with the priorities. And you may say to me, but how can you do this? Is that, well, there's situations and this. So to love him with everything, with all? You know something? When I put Jesus as my priority in my life, when Jesus is the center of my life, when Jesus is first in my life, when Jesus is my priority, then my life is not disbalanced. It does not get disbalanced. It doesn't get this balance because at times we go to extremes. Oh, it's because, oh, I have to take care of my family. Oh, I'm with my family. Yes. 
dedicate yourself to your family, take care of your family. But you without Christ, that family is not going to function. Is that I have to work, and so the work, and then and then the work, that work without Christ is not going to give you anything. It's not going to bless you. And many times we go to the extreme where we don't love him with all the heart, nor with all the soul, nor with all the mind. But we establish priorities that are erroneous in our lives. And there, the order of God, it's God, then me. And then from there is wife, husband, family. But if God and I are not well, the rest will not be fine. That is why the need to love him with all your heart. When I put Jesus in the center and as priority in my life, first God, first God, before family, before your job, before the distractions that you may have, before whatever, first God. There it says to us to choose life is loving the Lord, obeying his voice, it says. Obeying his voice or listening to his voice, it's not enough just to listen. And the dictionary says, it says to embrace favorably or to satisfy a desire, a plea or mandate. That is what it is to obey or to attend. So if we're speaking of obeying his voice, we're speaking of listening to his voice and obeying. Listening to his voice and put it into practice to take action. But we are very nice. Many times we suffer from selective deafness. <laughs> and the Lord gives us instructions and we say, Oh, well, these instructions, I like it, but, but this one I don't like. I think maybe God is mistaken. Maybe it's better this one. And the Lord telling us, don't do it this way. Don't do that. Don't go there. Don't get burned. Don't do. Go through another way. And we, in the end, what? We're the ones that have the power of decision. The Lord, to take away all the excuses because we're very good with excuses. The Lord in John 14, 26 says, and John 14, 26 says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring you to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So he was in charge of a lot, leaving us the Holy Spirit to us. To remind us all things and teaching us all things. So when we are before decision, we many times, we follow or continue making decisions our way. And many times the Lord, if we're in front of a temptation or if we're in front of a transcendental decision for our life or our spiritual life, we're there in that moment of making that decision and many times the Holy Spirit gives us the guidance and says, not, not that way. Don't go that way. Don't do that. Wait. Take time. Don't do it. Look over that way. And we, with selective deafness, better yet, or believing that God is mistaken, we take a different decision. We make a different type of decision. And that's where we 
we strike ourselves, we hit ourselves. And then when things difficult come, the problems, the situations, and that's why we say, oh, why did I do it? Why did I do it? Look, family. I don't know if you've meditated on this, but to have the Holy Spirit of God, to have our Lord whispering in our ear is a privilege. It is a privilege that we have not embraced, many of us. It's a privilege where we impose our criteria and our will, where we, almost like if we knew more, but who's going to know more than my own Lord who gave me this manual of life here? The one that created us and the one that wants what's best for us. So then to obey or attend, obey his voice really is to listen to him and to put it into practice. Oh, but no, I don't listen to I don't hear him. So then you have a great problem there. Because the Lord speaks in different ways. And simply at times, we come and we hear a preaching or a sermon. And at times we say, Amen, Amen. And we go out of those doors and boop, we forgot it. God is speaking through his word. So then we can't say that we can't hear him because God speaks to us through his word. It's here in the 20,000 sermons that you may listen to on the internet. And when you make a devotional, God speaks through his word. God speaks through a human person, through your spiritual leader of a person that you're speaking to that is spiritual and gives you an advice. Spiritually speaking, God speaks, but God doesn't leave us in a silence when it's about edifying our lives. And God speaks to us. Have you not felt a thought that you go, Ooh, that's not mine. I don't think this. Oh, God correcting you when you're going to do something bad or something that's not right before God. And there's something that says you don't do it. Don't do it. Look, look. There's an alert. That's God speaking. And we can't say that God doesn't speak to us. Or when we offend someone or we do something before God that's wrong, that starts to. It's not a feeling of guilt. That's the Holy Spirit saying you answered wrongly. You offended. Ask for forgiveness. Do this, do that. But in the end, it is I that I have to make that decision of listening to him or not listening to him or choosing to listen. And the other way that it speaks there of the life, of choosing life, is loving the Lord your God with all your heart. And the last part here is to cling to him or to follow him. To cling to him or follow him is not easy. God sent his son to die on a cross for us. Yes? God sent him for our salvation. But Jesus also came with a purpose that was very special, and that it was those years that Jesus was on this earth, 
He left us a great example. An example of overcomers. That we can overcome many things. Just like he did. Because I also remind you, when Jesus was on this earth, even though Jesus is God, Jesus was a human being like you and like me. Where Jesus had temptations. Where Jesus had was exposed to sin. But the word of God says that he did not commit any sin. Where Jesus was offended plenty of times. But what does the word teach us? How, how did Jesus answer? How did he respond? Where Jesus, where Jesus was rejected. Where Jesus was humiliated. Where Jesus was exposed to the same temptations and situations that are emotional that you and I live. But Jesus was an overcomer. And he taught us that even though it's not easy to follow his steps, but you can. Yes, you can. And he showed it. He went exposed in his condition as man to heartbreak. Who he has been heartbroken. Who has been betrayed. Who has suffered pain in their heart, in their soul. Anguish. Sadness. Tribulation. Rejection. So all those things Jesus was exposed to. But he taught us how to overcome. Jesus says it in 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 2 from 21 to 23. 1 Peter chapter 2 verses 21 to 23. Let us read it together. 1, 2, 3. For to this you were called because Christ also suffered for us leaving us an example that you should follow his steps who committed no sin nor was deceit found in his mouth who when he was reviled did not revile in return when he suffered he did not threaten but committed himself to him who judges righteously Jesus in his steps showed us the teaching he marked the teachings very clear that we could overcome that we can be overcomers of sin that we can learn how to love we could learn how to forgive we could learn to love without condition that we could do what's right that we could be humble that we could have mercy the Lord taught us how to speak how to act how to respond how to think we should follow the steps of Jesus the footsteps of Jesus we should allow that Jesus who's in us to shine when we're before a situation whichever it may be we follow many times without thinking what is the best way to respond to act to confront something we cannot just say that we follow the steps of Jesus if we still act our way answering our way responding my way speaking my way doing the things my way when we the children of God make Jesus shine in our life then we can say that we're following his footsteps when Jesus shines through us that even before an offense 
We don't respond with another offense that's worse. We respond with love. That before a failure, we're not on the floor, but we stand up because we know who is Jesus in my life. Before a betrayal, we cry about it. But we, in the name of Jesus, we can forgive that person. That before a difficult uh, situation in the family, with a husband, a wife, or children, or however, we can then better say in the way of Jesus, which is the biblical way, and not based on our emotions. When we are before a decision, we should think, how would Jesus do? to have life that Christ offers us because before that decision I'm either before left, death or before life and we should think how would Jesus do and in that way I say to my family where we're going to be very victorious always choosing what's best always choosing what's right for me and for my generation amen for me and for my generations Have you seen those movies that are suspenseful? I imagine that all of us have been exposed to those movies where there's a man and a bomb is ready to explode. A bomb that's going to finish with a bunch of people, kill a bunch of people, but there's a hero. And that hero is the one that's going to cut and deactivate the bomb, right? Have you seen movies like that? And then the man is there before a red wire and a blue wire and he doesn't know which one to cut and that puts a suspense there because you don't know which wire to cut and according to the wire that he cuts either the bomb is deactivated or it explodes and everyone dies that's a really good movie right that makes for a good movie but it's not in our lives spiritually because this man does it by intuition almost like you know, like any mini money mo. <laughs> he does it by intuition. You and I, when we're before that wire, red and blue wire of life and of death, we don't cut that wire by intuition. We cut the wire by the teaching that is of Jesus Christ in our lives. And I don't know what wires that you're going to continue cutting from now on. But that's why I said today is a good day that you stop and meditate. I have some good news. From 10 o'clock in the... We could say from 10 o'clock that came doesn't matter what happened before then. But from now on that you just received the word, what wire are you going to continue cutting in your life for you and for your generation? Because of that wire depends my children, my children's children, and all a generation. Choose then life. Therefore, choose life, family. How many of us are here? Maybe 280 people are in the temple now. Yes. If for everyone... If for every one of us, there was a true radical change, and if we were continue the cutting of life, the wire of life, you know how we would mark the difference in this world and of generation to generation? Because what you do 
your children will see. The greatest teachers of our children is us. What are we doing? What are our children watching and seeing? What are our children seeing on us? That many times we ask responsibilities from them that we're not even showing them. Therefore, choose before you is life and death, the blessing and the cursing. Therefore, choose life so that you live and your descendants. Give a great applause to the Lord if you're going to give an applause. Clap those hands so that heaven can hear it. I'm going to ask that you please close your eyes. And today is a day to stop and to meditate. Stop and meditate. How have you been living your life till this moment? Have you done it your way? Even though you know the word or you heard of the word or you're new in the gospel, it doesn't matter. How have you lived your life to this moment? You would want, starting today, that Jesus command your heart and your life? Do you want, in the name of Jesus, today, be able to start walking, choosing life, loving God above all things, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind? Obeying. Listening to his voice and obeying and following him. If you have not surrendered your heart to Jesus and you said, Lord, I want to choose life, the abundant life and the eternal life that you offer, Lord. Today, I want to receive you in my heart so that you continue shining in me. If there's someone here that wants to receive Jesus for the first time, you can lift your hands where you are. If you want Jesus continuing, commanding your life, glory to God. And you're going to help me and join me with this prayer. The rest are going to join me, join me in this prayer. And today, blessed God, I ask you in the name of Jesus, Lord, forgiveness. Forgiveness for living my life my way. Forgiving. Forgive me for not knowing how to love you. Forgive me for not listening and obeying your voice. Forgive me for not following your footsteps in the correct way. But today, Lord, I want, Lord, to place myself before you so that you help me, beloved King, to continue walking with you so that you help me to cutting the correct wire so that in the moments of decision-making, I can choose life. I can choose that abundant life that you offer me and that eternal life as well. And today, Father, I bless this people, Lord. And I ask you in the name of Jesus that they can treasure this word in their hearts. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We invite you to look for us in the social networks such as Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Search under the name Dios de Pactos Florida. We hope this message has edified you. And please 
share with others. Have a wonderful day.